Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hi, my loves. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Deandra Nicolette, and I am the host of Manifest Daily. If you're new here, welcome. I hope you enjoy this episode. And if you're an OG listener, y'all already know, hey, girl, hey, hey, boy, hey, what's poppin' was good. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as well. So today, my loves, we have another guest episode. I'm chatting with Christina, who also goes by the Relationship Boss online on Instagram. And y'all, we are having a whole conversation about, you guessed it, obviously, relationships. So we're chatting about romantic relationships specifically. We're getting into singlehood, dating, being in a committed relationship, red flags, green flags, social media, and how they affect relationships these days. So we're spilling all the tea and And it's a really good conversation. Christina is amazing. Her energy is high. She's absolutely like such a gem to chat with. I'm excited that I was able to sit down and chat with her today because we've been following each other on Instagram for a while now. And it was actually cool to be able to like connect and talk and actually like be on video and see each other. It's an amazing conversation, my loves. I want y'all to grab your tea, grab your water, grab your tequila, your beverage of choice, baby. I'm not judging whatever you want to drink. Maybe some eggnog, okay? Because we in the holidays right now. So if you want to get you some eggnog, baby, eggnog is not for me because Y'all know me and eggs. I mean, you know, sometimes I'll crave an egg bite. I don't know what it is, but sometimes I'll be wanting me an egg white. But otherwise, baby, am I about to drink some eggnog? No, maybe the vegan version. Probably not, actually, because then I feel like they've like tried to make it taste like eggs and it's not eggs. And it's just giving I'm gonna take my oat milk. Okay, period. So grab your beverage of choice and let's go ahead and dive into this conversation with Christina. And my loves, all of Christina's links will be down below in the show notes if you want to check her out on Instagram or find her website anything like that everything will be in the show notes but again my loves thank you so much for being here for tuning into this episode and yeah let's just go ahead and dive into today's conversation with christina loves today we are chatting with christina the relationship boss i am so excited for this conversation it's gonna be juicy it's gonna be fun but before we like dive into all the nitty-gritty relationship questions because like you know i already have a ton of these (laughs) i just want to have christina go ahead and introduce herself so i want you to tell us a little bit about who you are and what your business slash like brand is as the relationship boss. Yes. So I am a relationship coach and I focus in helping women create amazing relationships with themselves, their partner, and so much more. I honestly think that we sometimes forget that relationships go way farther than just our romantic relationships. They involve family, they involve friends, they involve even like a relationship with the strangers that you talk to on the street. Right. So I help you guys heal from any past relationship trauma. I help you grow together in your relationships, whether that's with a romantic partner, friends, family, and all that good stuff. So we talk all things relationships around here. 
I love that. And I feel like it's such a good thing that you put that focus there for us at the very beginning that we're talking, not just like, yes, this conversation, I feel like is very, very centered around romantic relationships, just to kind of keep it like niche and specific. But of course you deal with relationships in general. And when we talk about like relationships and use that word, we're not just saying like your husband or your wife or your partner or whatever, we're saying literally how you relate to other people in this world. And I feel like your business and your brand purpose is so like, it's such a big mission. Listen, the dating out here, it's hard. Oh my God. I, I'm like, who put me back on these streets? Because I don't <laughs> want to be here. Let <laughs> me messy. tell you, it is, it is not. Ugh, it is getting messy. Okay. But because of that, I'm kind of curious, like how did you decide to start the relationship boss? Cause I feel like taking on such a challenge as helping women with relationships. Like that's a big (laughs) challenge, especially again with the messy dating pool that we have going on these days. So I was like always that friend who gave the like unsolicited relationship advice. Like the only thing I ever wanted to talk to my friends about was being like, so like, what's going on in your love life? Like, tell me things like what's going on. And I went to college for psychology and I realized that getting into therapy was just not where I wanted to go. I wanted something different. I wanted something where like I could have creative reign and do something that felt really good. I was like in that phase of my life where I was trying to find my passion. And I think that we all kind of go through that phase where we're like, what lights me up? What makes me happy? I freaking kid you not. I was like in the bath one day. I was like, what can I do for the rest of my life? And I was like, I just want to help people create the best relationships possible because I love love. And I came from an abusive relationship. I got out of that about 10 years ago now. And then when I started to navigate the world of dating, and even when I did get into my healthy relationship, I realized that everything from your past kind of trickles into your future. And if I could help anybody navigate that road, I would feel successful. I would feel like totally fulfilled. If I could help one person like find the love of their life or create the best relationship possible, it just feels so good to me. So I got certified in coaching and I kind of just took it and run with it. And I was like, let me just help people create the best relationships possible. And it feels good for me. So that's what I love to do. And that's how I got into it. And I kind of just like took it and ran with it. And I was like, okay, like, oh my God, I'm doing this now. Like we are here. Yeah, I love it. And I feel like the best ideas always come either when you're in the shower or, you know, 3 a.m. when you're in bed, you wake up to use the bathroom and then it's like, oh, I had this brilliant idea and like now I want to work on it, but it's 3 a.m. And somehow yes. I always end up working on the thing at 3 a.m. and then, you know, losing sleep. But anyways. Yes. Literally, I'll wake up sometimes in the middle of the night. I'm like, oh my God, I have an idea. So I just like grab my phone and like, I'm putting it in my notes. I kid you not, I I know it's probably bad, especially with like all the waves and stuff like that, but I sleep with my phone under the other pillow because of the fact that I need to like grab it and write things down in the middle of the night all the time. Yeah. But, um, but I love that. And I think that it's such a a noble, again, like passion to have and a purpose to have in this world to like want to help other people with relationships because you're right. Like it's so much to navigate. And I think that there's a lot of advice out there, a lot of noise out there. And sometimes it just helps to like have someone who has been through some of the situations I'm sure you speak about where you can literally like speak from that experience and be like, here's how I like navigated this situation. Yes. Because yes. you're like you said, there is so much noise out there. And sometimes I have clients come to me and they're like, well, I saw it on TikTok. And I was like, oh, you saw it on TikTok? Okay. Of course. <laughs> Let's break this down a little bit. So, you know, like 
every relationship is different. And that's what I'm constantly telling people that what works for one person may not work for you. The idea of a healthy relationship looks so different from everybody that like what works for me is not going to work for you. And what works for the next person is not going to work for them. And we all have our own definition of what a healthy relationship looks like. So trying to get all your information from Google or online or all these things, it's just, it's not sustainable is what I think. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And on the mention of TikTok, I'm very curious because I want to talk about like social media and how it relates to our perception of romantic relationships these days. Because I feel like social media just like obviously shapes a lot of our reality these days. It's such a huge part of our lives. So how do you think social media has affected how we view romantic relationships and connections? I love this question because I'm actually talking about it like with a ton of my clients because it's a constant pain point for people. I think that social media has truly changed the game with relationships and creating connections in in a number of different ways. And we all know that, but simply because the accessibility to people is so easy now, right? Everything suddenly just became that much easier and the temptation and the comparison is just at an all-time high. You're constantly just seeing what other people are doing. You're seeing other people. You're being like, oh, well, maybe I have more options out there. You're always like looking for the next best thing because there's a sea of options, right? So I think it's affected the way we view romantic relationships and connections in a positive way and maybe in a negative way. So I say negative because we all know that infidelity is a thing whether it's emotional or it's physical, right? Having social media makes it much easier to have access to creating those emotional connections with other people, which that is a form of infidelity. You know, I've gone through it myself and it's, it's you know, whether you're just sending a flirty message that's just crossing the line a little bit or like you're following the like hot half naked men and women and like, you're glancing over your partner's shoulder and like, what the fuck is that? Like, what? <laughs> and I just think that rekindling an old relationship could become easy, right? And the idea that there's always someone else, there's always the possibility that there's something better out there. So it's like this peak of social media. Everybody is just kind of like curious and comparing their life to what other people are posting. And it became like a poster child of perfect relationships. And then you start to evaluate your own relationship just by what you see a picture on social media being like, why isn't this my life? Why can't I have that? Why does their relationship look perfect on the outside? But I really like to remind everybody that you have no idea what's going on behind closed doors. Like you really have no idea. So whether it comes to comparison, And looking at what's going on on other people's profiles, like you really have no idea. So you got to keep it like in your own home. And then I think that, you know, the positive way I think social media has helped people is we view romantic relationships and connections. We have so much education and knowledge on what is a good way to have a relationship, what is a healthy way to create relationships, even the connections that you and I have made with each other. And now we get to share this with so many people, right? And I get to share a bunch of information that I didn't learn when I was dating, right? Because when I was in high school, I graduated in like 2008. That was like when Facebook like just became a thing. So 
yes oh my gosh I'm like not good with the tech history but I'm just like wait I feel like Facebook has been around forever but then again it has like for my specific reality it's been around for forever I know like I'm 32 and I was in the age of like MySpace and then Facebook and yes. I can imagine <laughs> like dating with so much TikTok and Instagram and all of the things all so the things I think that it's like I think it has a positive and I think it has a negative but I think it has to do with your mindset and kind of like how you make sure you stay in your own world right and stay in your own lane a little bit yeah no and as you were talking um a couple things came to mind like when you were talking specifically about this idea of just excessive choice, right? I'm actually planning to do an episode on the psychology of dating. And that's one of the things I was like exploring in my research is this idea of choice. And there's this thing, um, oh my God, I forget what it's called. But like when people are presented with like way too many choices, they actually struggle to make a decision. They choose, they struggle to choose something and stick with it because it feels like, well, this thing could be better, or maybe this isn't the best thing for me. And you start to overanalyze the decision you've made because there are so many choices presented to you. And I think that's what we're facing with dating, right? So it's not just like Instagram and TikTok. It's like the dating apps and all of the ways that we are as humans, very connected. It's great because like you said, you can meet someone from around the world. Like I met you, like we don't live in the same place, but we've connected and we're here chatting and we're literally having an interview through the computer, which is so like, it's like so crazy when you process like what is happening, but it's so cool. And that's the positive side. But again, there's also that like more, you know, negative side that you have to look at where if you are not conscious necessarily of the fact that you may be making a decision to let go of a partnership or to pursue other things simply because you have excessive choice that could be like problematic. The other thing that you mentioned was the comparison, which again, we've talked about this so many times on the show, social media comparison, it makes it easy to compare because you're seeing so many different things. But like you said, you literally have no idea what someone is, what's happening behind closed doors. And I think what's interesting is I saw this podcast or this like, was it a podcast? It was like a YouTube video thing. And she was talking about how like, you'll see the height of people's relationships, especially if they're in the media. But then often you don't see the decline. What you see is the height. And then you'll hear like, oh, so-and-so broke up. And so it seems very like, dramatic and drastic and like oh my god like they had right? the best relationship ever like what right? but you didn't see all the fights all the arguments all the whatever that led to that decline you know what I mean yeah. like even Sean Mendes and Camilla I was like wait like what like how what is happening like okay we went through a whole last pandemic together okay like all of this is happening like relationships are not easy. And just because you see a perfect photo or like all of these things online, like I try and remain very transparent about everything that even goes on in my relationship, because I don't want the fact that just because I'm a relationship coach means that I have a perfect relationship. Like it is so few and far between. So I make it a point to like be as authentic as I can. And I think social media is starting to take a turn that way. I think that the idea of being an influencer is changing now to be like a content creator. And it's like more popular to be more authentic online. But I think that when it comes to relationships, it's something that people still hold super near and dear in their hearts and keep it very private because they're afraid of being judged. They're afraid of the shame of um, not having that perfect cookie cutter relationship. But if you're hearing this and you think that everyone that you see 
has a perfect relationship, please just know there is no such thing as perfection and that relationships are extremely hard and you will go through those constant roller coaster rides. So don't believe everything you see online and just focus on your own world, focus on your own love, right? Yeah, everything online and in the the rom-coms because let me tell you, <laughs> yes. I, I love, I like tweeted something the other day. It was like my most liked tweet. I was like, oh my God, am I going viral? And then it, I literally didn't, but you know, it felt <laughs> like that to me, it felt good. But um, no, I tweeted about how like, holiday rom-coms are like my favorite thing ever like they're the thing I live for but the thing about holiday rom-coms is always the small town it's always like the the like super rich CEO and the girl from the small town who like works at the farm and they fall in love all of a sudden because he gets stuck in the small town that he hates but then he falls in love with it and you're like what is this this (laughs) I'm like where does this happen does this actually happen I'm sure it's happened to someone in life but here I am going to Trader Joe's picking up my Bassam candles thinking maybe I'll bump into the farm guy (laughs) and maybe he'll need me to help him save his company company and like put up his Christmas tree but you guys it's okay if it doesn't happen like that like you can also just meet someone not you know through the very like meet cute ways of Hallmark movies although they are very romantic and very nice to watch but you know yeah so going back a little bit to social media so there's been this like trend I'm sure you've seen it with like the red and green flag situation which I it's it's hilarious on Twitter like I I I go on Twitter just to laugh because like that (laughs) is the app where I don't care about like who I'm following or who's following me but like I find the funniest things on there Right. I see a lot of these like red flag, green flag things on there. Yep. But what are a few like red flags as well as green? Because let's keep it like po- let's let's keep it both sides, right? Let's look at both sides. So yeah. red and yeah. green flags yeah. that we should keep an eye out when going on initial dates for or with rather a new potential partner. I love this, and I also love this trend because they're very creative out there. But if I do say so. For initial dating, it's very specific because I think that when we first go on dates, we're like, oh my God, like, this is amazing. Like, he loves me. Like, let's just like move in together and all the things. Literally riding the high. (laughs) New person, romance. If you're anything like me, you're, you're like, mind (laughs) is going wild with all the possibilities. I try to stop it, but you know, I'm a romantic at heart. Okay. I I see a girl romantic. A girl can dream. Okay. And manifest that shit. Why not? Literally. I'm trying to manifest a whirlwind romance. Okay. (laughs) We want our holiday rom-com. Literally. Yes. I would say that for initial dating, a red flag is if they do not ask questions about you and really try to get to know you as a person, right? Not in like a creepy way, like where do you live? Like all that kind of shit. But I mean, they're not just talking about themselves the whole time. And they actually seem very interested in what you do for work or, you know, where you grew up, like genuine, genuine things about yourself. And if they don't ask you questions about yourself, then I always say that is just like a red flag because why are you here? Do you want to get to know me or like just, you know, other things? Other things. You want to get to know me or me? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Yes. Another red flag that I would say is if someone 
for, I don't know why this is, if someone orders for you and if someone is just taking control of the entire situation, because it's usually an indicator that they like to have control over every aspect of the relationship, right? I picking a restaurant, fine, great. I find that actually romantic because they're taking the time to do it. But if they're like, no, I got this, let me order for you. And then they're like, you're going to have this, 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 and this, right? I think that that's just like a little bit of a red flag of a little bit of trying to take complete control of the situation and not respecting somebody's boundaries at the end of the day. And then I think another one would be if you don't receive the after date text. Oh, I think. Yes. Please check to see if I made it home. <laughs> Like if you do not text me after the date that you hope I made it home safely mm-hmm. or that you had a lot of fun or asking when you can be taken out again, like when's our next date? That is literally a huge red flag to me because I want to know that you're still thinking about me afterwards. Like, let's keep it going. Right. Just like make sure I'm okay. That I'm not like in an alley somewhere. Right. Common sense. The last one, if they aren't respecting your boundaries. Right. So for example, if you want to go home with them, if they want you to go home with them on the first date, second or third, you know, whatever, and you're not ready and you clearly express that to them, yet they keep pushing and pushing and pushing and then make you feel bad by like being like, oh, you're such a prude or like, you're no fun or why aren't you doing this, right? It's just an indication that they're not respecting what you say, that they're not respecting your boundaries. And you've set those boundaries for a reason, right? Like if if you've done the work, like usually you have boundaries that you want to set and you're like, okay, like maybe not today, but like, let's revisit this tomorrow. So I think that that is like another red flag that I really try and kind of like wave when I talk to my clients who are dating and stuff. So those are the top ones that I was like, let's just pay attention to these for the initial dates, right? Because you're still getting to know each other. I love those. I agree. I think the boundaries one is, I haven't faced this too, too much in dating. Cause I think I'm pretty, I think I give off the energy of like, listen, I said what I said. Exactly. <laughs> so don't cause I'm a, I'm a, just, I'm gonna stop talking to you. <laughs> like right. I, I don't play with these men. I don't, right. cause I just don't have the time, but I think that there are people that are going to try to see where they can push those boundaries. And it may, and the other thing too, is it may not necessarily come off as like, they're being like super aggressive about it. Like it might just be something like they keep asking and they keep making it seem like, oh, like it'll be okay. Like I'll like come over, I'll cook for you. Like come over, oh. I'll do this, like I'll do this, I'll do this. It's like, I said, I'm not coming to your house. <laughs> like exactly. serial killers out here. What do I look yeah. like coming to your house? The first time, sir, I do not know you. Right, and I watch a lot of SVU too, so. All the SVU episodes, I know what happens, okay? And I think that can be a thing too where it may not come off as like an aggressive push, but you do need to be able to discern if someone is asking the same questions over and over again, or you're saying something and they're not listening, that is them disrespecting boundaries as well. And it comes off very subtle, but it's still disrespectful and we're not going to, we're not going to deal with that. And the only other thing I was going to say too, is I know with the ordering food thing, like this is obviously a very specific case, but it's like, I know that there are relationships where, for example, I think it's like, it's a BDSM situation where it's like, you have a dom and a sub. So if you're someone that engages in that and you have consensual relations with someone where you've agreed that you are maybe the submissive person, then you go out on the first date, but you've had that agreement of 
like you're going to take over and they're right. doing the things like ordering for you and being like, sit here, I'm getting this, I'm doing this. Like that's something yeah. you've consented to. So I want to say that's obviously like, um, you know, it's a very specific niche thing, but for the people that maybe engage in those types of relationships, like knowing if you've set those boundaries with that person, like that's totally okay. Cause you've had that transparent conversation yeah. beforehand. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like, that's an open line of communication, right? That's between you and your partner and making sure that you're like, all right, like, let's do this. We're on the same page here. Like, let's go. It goes, all of these kind of go hand in hand with setting boundaries for yourself, what you want, what you don't want, knowing what you even want and what you don't want when you head into a relationship. Like, I think a lot of the times we forget that we deserve to have our wants and our needs met and they change over time. And what I maybe wanted a couple of years ago or even a month ago could change, right? So you should always be keeping that line of communication open. Even when you're initially dating with someone, like have those conversations. If you're into it, then you're into it. Like I said, healthy relationships look different for everybody. Exactly. So I love that. So great red flags. Now, mm -hmm. what about some green flags? So I guess they would kind of like be the opposite of what we just mentioned, but then what are maybe some other ones too? So of course I really love like gentleman gestures. You know what I'm saying? Like if you just like, you, you can tell that they care. You can tell that they want to open the door for you. You can tell that they want to allow you to be that independent self if you've had that conversation, right? And then, you know, receiving the date text afterwards, right? Doing all of those things. Someone is curious about your life and, you know, you feel like they have nothing to hide. And I think that there's like a little bit of back and forth on if they choose to talk about former relationships or not, because I think that sometimes people get a little bit turned off by people talking about former relationships or former exes. But I think that there's like a healthy a healthy medium to that, right? If they're open to tell you, well, this worked for me, you know, I did have a long-term relationship before. I think that that's something that can be a green flag because if you're looking for a long-term relationship, you want to know that someone's looking for a long-term relationship. You want to make sure that they're willing to tell you that and not just beat around the bush. So I think that it could be a healthy conversation to talk about past relationships as long as someone's not like my ex, like she's fucking crazy, like it drops her name all the time, like we don't like that. But healthy conversation about it, I think is actually something that can be a really good sign when you're initially dating someone. And then of course, them respecting your boundaries, not taking things too far and saying things only one time and then being like, all right, word, good to go. Like that sounds good. Right. And honestly, I think that trusting your intuition I think that we sometimes really don't really trust our intuition too much and we doubt it a lot of the times, but you guys know, you know, when something just doesn't feel right. And a lot of the times we dismiss it because we have been single for so long and we do want to make it work or we're looking for excuses, but your intuition and your gut always knows when this is a good one, or maybe this is one that's just not going to work for you. Yeah, I completely agree. It's so funny because I went on a first date the other day and it was with this guy and he was like, he was very much a gentleman on the date, like super kind. He was really smart. He was a doctor. We had great conversation. Yeah. However, at the end of the day, I'm like, y'all, y'all getting tea in this episode. Y'all get some tea, okay? But at the end of the date, he like kissed me, but he, it was very much 
kind of aggressive. Like he choked me a little. And I was okay. like, what is going on? Did we okay. have the dominance of we this conversation? Yeah, but, we, but we didn't have that conversation. See, <laughs> that's the problem. Okay. One, we're in a parking lot. Two, I don't know you. Three, we haven't had this conversation. So what are you doing here? Right. And I literally had to like push him off and be like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go home now. I'm going to go home now. And so it ended up being a situation where he wanted to follow up with like a second date and, you know, everything had gone well up until that point, but my intuition was just like, no, if this person is willing to sort of engage in pretty aggressive behavior, right. Without you consenting in a public place. So he clearly doesn't care who sees, right. He's just sort of aggressive. Like that, I think was a very telling sign that like behind closed doors, what would he be willing to do without my consent? Right. And so I was like, no, we are not, no, no second dates, no third dates. Have a great life. Good luck with your dating. Um, I said it nicely, (laughs) but I'm sure that was hard for you because we got a good looking doctor, but you you know, it wasn't that hard. It wasn't that hard because I was just like, I, it, the, it, it literally rubbed me the wrong way so much so that he became like the attraction was immediately gone. Like after that happened, I was like, he was no longer attractive. I no longer cared about how great the conversation was. I was like my life and my boundaries and like just my well-being is not worth whatever, you know, he was planning for the second date. It's like, it's no, not worth it. So, so yeah, so I think that's, yeah, it's a huge thing. And I think it, a lot of this stuff we talk about, right. It's like, you can talk about it all day, but you need the situations that happen in real life for you to kind of be like, oh, like have things click and be like, oh, that's an example of like someone like, you know, boundaries, like going past my boundaries or that's an example of something that I don't like or a standard that I now have to set or like whatever the case is like you need those real life like things to happen you know what I mean you need the experience and I think that sometimes with dating we have a ton of shitty dates and we're like I don't want to do this anymore but the minute (laughs) that you do that then you stop learning about what you do and don't want right I think that sometimes that minute that you're like I'm just so over this but you keep going and you keep pushing through those hard times Mm -hmm. that's when it starts to click for you and that's when you start to just kind of attract these people into your life because you've set a precedent because you're like this is what I will and will not tolerate and the universe kind of rewards you for those things right just not being afraid of retreating but like staying true to who you are and keeping to those boundaries and those are all good things that you want to be able to have even when you do get into a relationship because all of these things don't just go away because you've like now you're with someone right exactly if anything it's intensified because now you are in a committed relationship that you want to work hard on to sustain About a year ago, I wanted to elevate my health and wellness journey. I was so tired of taking all these different supplements every single day. So instead of adding more, I decided I wanted to simplify and try AG1. It's one of the best decisions I made in 2023. I now feel more energized and mentally clear daily. My skin has even more of a healthy and brighter glow and my digestion has improved. Like I said, I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted to simplify my supplements. I wanted a single solution to support my entire body, my gut, 
and my brain health. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've noticed that I feel a boost in energy, not just in the morning when I take it, but throughout my entire day. I used to rely on caffeinated pre-workouts, if you know, you know, but when I cut those out, I struggled with grogginess. Adding an AG1 in the morning covers my bases with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and ingredients like pre and probiotics, adaptogens, antioxidants, and whole food source nutrients. My favorite part of AG1? It's just one scoop. One scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. I love to add in a squeeze of half a lemon, a few drops of AG1's vitamin D3K2, and three ice cubes, approximately three ice cubes every single morning into my glass as well. This is a partnership made in heaven because AG1 is the supplement that I trust and have trusted since 2023 to provide the support that my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. That's drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. Check it out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. So speaking of, you know, existing and committed relationships, I know that there is a portion of my audience who are in relationships. So what about the red and green flags that we want to look for in an existing relationship, maybe towards the beginning or the first or second year, as we're thinking about being committed and staying committed to someone for the long term? Yeah. So I really think that some red flags would be that you start to hide things about your partner from your friends and family. And then like you start finding you're making excuses for their behavior and not really wanting to talk about your relationship and and share the things that are going on. Of course, negative things are going to happen. Like I said, relationships aren't perfect, but you still share those disagreements with friends. But when you find yourself being like, I can't tell anyone about this because they're going to like really not like this, or this is going to really piss them off. Like I went through that in my old abusive relationship. Like I started hiding the fact that I was even seeing him. That should have been a red flag right there for me. Right. Is when you start keeping secrets from the people that you love. Um, also, they start to not really allow you to have a life of your own, right? Now you've gone through the honeymoon phase where you do want to be with each other all the time and spend all that time together. And then like after that year, you're like, all right, like I want to start doing what I love. Like I'm ready to like, you know, branch out and be myself a little bit again. But then they start to like reel you in and they're like, nah, like I need to know who you're with, where you're going, what you're doing. I'm going to come with you. I think that having that like control over someone is a little bit of red flag. Now, of course, if you're into that, obviously totally fine, but you don't want to ever lose your independence. Even if you are into that, you know, like you still want to be true to you. You still want to yeah. like, not lose yourself. Exactly. Cause as you said that I was like, it's giving codependent, like codependent yeah. behaviors where 
everywhere you go you have to bring that person and oh my gosh I have another story for you like really quick quick one yeah, yeah, um, granted I don't know these people but like at my gym there's a couple and every time I see them at the gym they're holding hands and granted I don't know their relationship I don't know them so this is obviously just an assumption based on what right. I have seen however it's like just even that it's like at the gym you guys are doing a workout but like as you're walking you're like a moving body together like a unibody all of a sudden and they're like doing every single thing together and it's just like even that I feel like can sometimes get into a place where it could be unhealthy if you don't have any hobbies by yourself if you don't have any friends that are separate from you and your partner's friends if everything that you had before the relationship where you enjoyed it by yourself if there is nothing that you can retain for yourself and I mean I, I I completely agree with you I think it can be a dangerous and slippy, slippery slope, a slippy, slippery slope. Yeah, slippery slope. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, slippery slope. That's definitely not it. Slippery, slippery. S S. Okay, a sailor. We're just gonna slip and slide right past that one. Literally, I'm like, what are we saying? That's what it is. Yeah, it's just, it's dangerous. Okay, it's dangerous. And especially because when you mentioned the gym thing, that kind of like goes off in my head because gyms are really big on pickup places sometimes for people and you're checking people out because, you know, like it's just, I feel like natural for people to do that. So that's very interesting that they're just walking around holding hands because when I'm at the gym with my husband, I want nothing to fucking do with him. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. No. Yeah. It's, it's obviously like people can pick up people at the gyms, but I feel like people kind of don't because it's so open and it's like, you can, I mean, you'll see people like staring at each other. Like I've seen guys looking at me at the gym, but like, no, there's only been one person who's come up to me and he was just like bold as hell, but usually they don't because it's kind of a thing where I feel like there is a little bit of a stigma where guys are kind of like, they don't want to go up to you in the gym because they don't want to make you feel uncomfortable and things like that. So I I feel it. I feel it for sure. What else did I have here? Okay. Another couple of red flags. This one is my favorite, and it could be also a green flag too, is how they treat their moms. You guys, I just like the relationship with their moms is just kind of an indication of how they treat you. I kind of like had this firsthand because as I mentioned, like I was in an abusive relationship and the way he treated his mother was just completely horrible. And that was how he treated me. And now like in my marriage, like the way my husband treats his mom is just like their best friends. And I think that it trickles into your relationship. Right. And then of course, any toxic behaviors that you start to notice, which could be like yelling, name calling to the point where you're just really uncomfortable. And then you start to realize like it's turning into a little bit of emotional abuse and you're afraid to start vocalizing how you truly feel and what you want to communicate out of fear of the result of experience, like expressing yourself that way. Right. I think that that's something to really pay attention to. If you notice that your voice is being taken away. I don't know. I I think the name calling thing is just like a hard cut, at least for me personally, it's like a hard cut. Like you are you you're not <laughs> you're not doing that not and okay. I would encourage everyone listening to like also adopt that standard right I know these are personal standards to be set but I think if anyone can call you a disrespectful name whether they be a boyfriend a girlfriend a friend yeah. a parent uh you know a family member yeah. that is cause to cut them off because there's yes. absolutely like you can get your point across in a yes. disagreement Yes. You can tell me how you feel. You can be angry right. with me, frustrated, disappointed without 
calling me something disrespectful. Like it, it, there's just no need. There's never a need. No. And I've never found myself doing that to anyone else. And so it's like, you're not about to do that to me because you're, what you're not going to do is see me again, ever. Exactly. <laughs> like, that is a boundary that will not be crossed. Literally, I'm like, <laughs> Oh my God. I can't even imagine. I cannot imagine. What? The only reason like I bring that up is because even like myself, like I put, I put up with it. Like I, I will be the first to say that I did, but it's because at that time that I was in that, I had no self-worth for myself. And I think that we put ourselves in these situations and how we view ourselves is sometimes how we end up like what we tolerate in relationships. You know, I was just like, I have been beaten down and I was just like, okay, like I'll just like take it at this point, but you never want to get to that point, right? You want to pay attention to these red flags. So you never end up being in too deep where you lose yourself, where you have no independence, where you are just tolerating the, you know, the piss poor behavior and just letting someone completely control you. So all of these red flags are just things to think about. So you don't end up in that situation, right? Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree. And I think yeah. that, you know, the reason I say that is like a hard boundary for me, it's like, yeah. it is abusive behavior. Like that's yeah. not even someone's being rude now. Like now it's crossed over, yeah. I think into abusive behaviors. I think having someone ever do that to you has caused you to reevaluate that entire relationship. Do I need to be here? And if I don't, is there a safe way for me to get out of this situation and this relationship? Because I don't need to be here. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No relationship is worth that kind of experience, right? Like anyone would much rather just be alone and have a relationship with themselves and rebuild that confidence that may have been broken. Right. Which goes into some green flags. If you're are, if you are in a relationship, you want to feel like you can be authentically yourself and that no one is trying to dim your light. Like you should be able to shine as bright as fuck and have no one be like, you're too much. Or like, can you just like, you know what I mean? Like you want to feel like you're truly yourself. You want to feel like you can express your feelings and that you're truly being heard and someone is taking the time to listen to you and understand you to the best of their ability. You want to be with someone who's willing to grow with you and not think that they just like know it all, but they're open to learning more and kind of evolving and growing as a human. And again, like, you know, that your gut will tell you if this is the right person or not. And I think that the green flags are the things that you want to have in a relationship, right? My green flags could look different from somebody else's. So as long as you guys share certain values, you guys can communicate clearly, you feel like you can trust someone. I think that those are all green flags to pay attention to if you feel happy, if you genuinely wake up and feel like, I feel good. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think those are some really good red flags specifically just um, to look out for. And then you mentioned something earlier, which caught my attention was the looking out for how someone like, especially or specifically we're talking here, heterosexual relationships, how the man treats his mother. And that made me think about the whole like mommy and daddy issues conversation, because I think that's a really interesting one. Like we know, obviously our relationships with our parents, our caregivers who raise us, um, close family members affect the way that we relate to others and specifically affect a lot of our romantic relationships and the partners we gravitate towards. So let's talk first about daddy issues. So like, what, what are daddy issues? Right. Cause I'm like, there's like, you know, we need to like specifically set a definition. So like, what are daddy issues? 
And how do they affect women who are dating, especially specifically women in heterosexual relationships or who are dating in heterosexual environments? Yeah. So I am like a walking daddy issues sometimes. Like I just, I've, I've gone through them. Like I really have, but when you say daddy issues, it's it's really but it's usually like a person who has unconscious impulses and associations as a result of a poor relationship with their dad. Right. So when you say that a woman has daddy issues or even a man could have daddy issues, right. It usually refers to those who have been hurt by their relationship with their father, right? You know, you've been abandoned. You feel like you were never heard. Your feelings were invalidated. Like, for example, I personally have abandonment issues um, that fears that I've subconsciously like created for myself because he left my brother and my sister, right? And he was in and out of our lives and he could never be relied on. It was a lot of broken promises. So for me, how that shows up in my relationship now is I have a lot of trust issues. Even when someone says they're going to do something, I don't necessarily trust that they're going to do it. Right. Or a constant need for reassurance and validation. Right. And when someone leaves during an argument, sometimes I get afraid that they're not going to come back because of those abandonment issues resulting in like, my reactions and the reactions being a lot more volatile because you're afraid. And it's not like you're acting this way because you choose to, all of these things are just simply triggers that show up in your relationship from what you experience as a child. Because when we're kids, everything that we go through as kids is literally imprinted into our subconscious. And until it comes to the surface as an adult and you're living these relationships, you're like, Oh, wow. Like, this really affected me. Like, oh my gosh, like how can I, you know, heal this trauma, acknowledge this trauma so I can maybe move forward in my adult relationship. So something to keep in mind though, I want to remind everybody is that the fault lies with your parent. It lies with your dad for failing to meet your needs as a kid, right? And so to never blame yourself for maybe what you're experiencing in your relationships because it's something that, you know, you never asked for it, never asked for it at all. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that is a huge part because it's like, it can be easy to get into that blame and be like, why do I always act like this? Why do I always attract these people? Why is this always my go-to response? And, you know, while the fault doesn't lie with us, obviously the responsibility does lie with us to become conscious of these behaviors and to change them and to change it moving forward. You know, I think it it is inspiring because sometimes you think about how you would treat your kids if you do want to have kids and what things you would do differently. And it's like, you can start to break certain cycles, certain, you know, generational Generational right? Generational patterns and habits. But yeah, I think the, the issues with your father, whether it's, you know, maybe didn't have like that loving relationship that is sort of, you know, what we see on TV or again, the abandonment also the abandonment too, for those listening, it doesn't have to be like the actual physical abandonment. Sometimes it can just be an emotional detachment. Yeah. Right. And that's something that I've had to kind of like deal with because I don't know, maybe other people who are listening from like Caribbean households, I feel like in the Caribbean, like it tends to, there tends to be, I feel like a lot of like emotional detachment, at least from what I've observed within my own family and some other friends who are Caribbean, but then the household where it's sort of like, you're not as loved upon as maybe 
at least like some of your other friends and like people yeah. that you observe, like things like that. So that is definitely a form of that abandonment that is not the physical. So I, lo- I love like all of the things. Well, you, I don't love them, <laughs> the things you're talking about, but I identify with them. I, they I make sense. Yeah. yeah. Like, and I think that sometimes people feel so alone in thinking that they're the only ones who like, sometimes I'll be like watching a Hallmark movie or like seeing posts on Instagram. Like I'm guilty of all of these things. And I'm just like, I just want like, why can my dad just like be there? Like, you know yeah. what I mean? So all of these Father's feelings, Day, tough one. Yes. Yeah. Like, my dad didn't even come to my wedding. So it's just kind of like, it's one of those things where you kind of have to heal it and forgive it and acknowledge it. And yes, break those generational patterns and date someone that you look at and you're like, you'd be a really good dad, right? Like, yes, you'd be green flag. Yes. Like this is maybe a later on, or it could be an earlier on thing, but like seeing someone and being like you would be a really good dad that's like one of my things where I'm like that's all my list of like someone would make a good father because hello let's let's change things up a little bit okay let's change the cycles um yeah so what about mommy issues right what I'm assuming like give us that definition and let's talk about how those can affect dating as well yeah so your mom is honestly, ultimately the most important figure in your early childhood. And honestly, sometimes even your in your adulthood and just growing up in general. So I think that a lot of mommy issues or issues with the relationship with your mom, they stem from maybe being abused, maybe being manipulated, um, or they fail to provide an essential emotional support for you, right? And those psychological effects can show up in your adult life, right? So these are the same as a daddy issues that like all of these things you experience a relationship with your mother are now showing up like in your current adult life and you're having to face them, right? For example, you may have had a really overprotective or over permissive mom child dynamic, right? Maybe your mom did all of the household chores for you and looks the other way when you made mistakes, right? Or perhaps she tried to like be your best friend and like your confidant and like not your mom. And she was like the cool mom. So, you know, you never really had like that structure growing up, right? Or she wouldn't let you experience a lot of things. And she kept you like super overprotective. Um, it's making like, so you haven't had those amazing experiences like traveling in college and having that independence to really like come into your own. So some ways that I think that these could show up in your relationship to just like kind of pay attention to would be providing more than like a fair share of household labor or emotional support in your relationships, right? So like more or less taking everything on yourself because you're feeling that pressure to like show up as this like motherly figure in your relationship that you've never really had before or again trust issues right or having a really hard time showing vulnerability I think that when it comes to vulnerability like a lot of us are fucking scared of vulnerability because it means that we're showing and giving people a chance to possibly hurt us um so we really keep that wall up and we're really kind of sometimes afraid to tear that wall down out of fear of getting hurt and if you didn't have a a mother there to be like it's okay to get hurt like it's okay you can pick yourself back up and dust off your knees right like let them fall let them pick themselves up right it's okay or maybe you have a strong need for affection and approval 
or the opposite, like difficulty showing affection and approval because you didn't necessarily receive it to the extent that you needed to receive it. Also fear of commitment in relationships, right? Or having a hard time setting and sticking to those boundaries. So all of these things show up from like maybe emotional absence, physical absence. Um, maybe she had a physical or mental health ailment and she wasn't able to show up for you like wholeheartedly. So, you know, I think that our childhood is literally a definition of how we do love and how we do relationships. (laughs) Yeah. Which is again, we'll remind you guys that you can become conscious of these things and change them. Cause one thing is like, when you start to realize this as an adult, sometimes you get into the fear mode of like, oh my God, like I don't want the relationships I saw when I was growing up. Or maybe you do, right? And I think if you have really good examples, that's amazing. I love that. And if you didn't, that's okay too, because that doesn't mean that you're doomed to not have healthy relationships. So you were not damaged. There was nothing wrong with you. You were not broken. Like you can overcome honestly anything that you become aware to and you start to acknowledge, right? If you know these things, then you get to make that conscious choice to be like, okay, like, what am I going to do differently? How am I going to heal from this? How am I going to move forward from this? Right? Like you have a choice. We all have a choice to do these things, right? Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. So specifically, let's talk about the trauma um, and the boundaries. And I want to understand, like, what are some key things we need to do or work on when it comes to those past traumas, past broken uh, boundaries that we need to heal before we actually start intentionally dating. So I actually have like a whole trauma workshop. So this is something that like, it's, it's important, which is why like I created this like group and I created it as a group. So you don't feel so alone because I think a lot of times when we're facing trauma, we feel super isolated and super alone. So first and foremost, like if you've ever experienced anything, just know that like you're not alone and I don't want anyone to ever feel that way. But first and foremost, you want to acknowledge it. You really want to bring it to the surface and know the past trauma that had happened. You know, as we experience trauma, our subconscious tends to don't tone it down and take it away from our mind because it's in a way for us to protect ourselves. Our nervous system like literally kicks in and it's like, I don't want to think about this. I don't want to acknowledge this. This didn't happen to me, but you have to acknowledge that it happened to you or for you, um, as hard as that may be and feel, and then realize that it doesn't define you and it doesn't create your identity, right? Your, your trauma that you experienced is not who you are. You can overcome all of these things, right? As we talked about. And a lot of people, it's become known that you should like love yourself first and foremost before getting into a relationship. Although of course I agree with loving yourself and knowing your worth. I don't believe that it needs to be done first and in order to date and, or in order to get into relationships, because when you begin to get into relationships, they become a mirror of everything that you may need to heal. Right. And all of these things start to come to the surface. Um, For example, I really started healing my relationship with my dad and everything I experienced once I got into my relationship with my now husband, right? Because you start to see all those triggers that show up and you're like, damn, maybe I do have some healing to do, right? So of course you want to know that you're worthy of that love before getting into a relationship when it comes to trauma. 
but you don't necessarily need to love yourself first because that's a lot of work. It takes a lot of time to love ourselves wholeheartedly, right? I also believe that when it comes to healing, you want to practice forgiveness. Um, when it comes to past trauma, forgiveness is what sets you free. Um, and you have to forgive yourself if you blame yourself for maybe staying too long or putting yourself in that position, right? A lot of the times when we experience trauma, we blame ourselves. And forgiveness isn't there for your abuser it's there for you. It's there for you to set yourself free and take that step to leave it in the past and move forward with what you've got going on new and beautiful things, right? You don't ever live your past again. The only time that we get to live is here and right now. So, you know, you got to forgive for that, right? Same goes for boundaries. You have to determine what those boundaries are and what they look like for you. Do they look like emotional boundaries, right? Expressing that this isn't a topic that you're willing to discuss right now if someone brings something up, right? Or mental boundaries, the freedom to have your own thoughts and beliefs and values, right? And this came up a lot when you talk about like politics in 2020, right? I found myself being like, I respect that you disagree with my opinion, but please, I'm not trying to force my opinion on you. Do not force your opinion on me. Or time and energy boundaries. If you're gonna be late for our date, please text me and let me know, right? Your past trauma and creating boundaries honestly go hand in hand, right? So use the acknowledgement of the trauma that you've experienced, create those boundaries that like work for you, right? You gotta like work together. They like move and groove together. About a year ago, I wanted to elevate my health and wellness journey. I was so tired of taking all these different supplements every single day. So instead of adding more, I decided I wanted to simplify and try AG1. It's one of the best decisions I made in 2023. I now feel more energized and mentally clear daily. My skin has even more of a healthy and brighter glow and my digestion has improved. Like I said, I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted to simplify my supplements. I wanted a single solution to support my entire body, my gut, and my brain health. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've noticed that I feel a boost in energy, not just in the morning when I take it, but throughout my entire day. I used to rely on caffeinated pre-workouts, if you know, you know, but when I cut those out, I struggled with grogginess. Adding an AG1 in the morning covers my bases with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and ingredients like pre and probiotics, adaptogens, antioxidants, and whole food source nutrients. My favorite part of AG1? It's just one scoop, one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. I love to add in a squeeze of half a lemon, a few drops of AG1's vitamin D3K2, and three ice cubes, approximately three ice cubes every single morning into my glass as well. This is a partnership made in heaven because AG1 is the supplement that I trust and have trusted since 2023 to provide the support that my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. That's drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. Check it out. With the self-love specifically, I definitely agree. There's no like end because I think sometimes when it comes to these things that we do, like when we talk about, you know, working on ourselves or healing, sometimes discourse can, and can make it seem like there's an 
end goal. And I always say there's really no end, right? Because you're always going to have the lesson come back up in some way. You're always going to be working on something. And if you weren't, you like, what would life be, right? Because it's it's all a bunch of lessons, all of journey, all the whole thing. So I think that there is though a level of self-love and worth that you should have before intentionally dating simply because otherwise you will probably head into relationships that are not healthy for you that don't honor you as a as a human being as a person that are just not going to be great so it's like while you know we're saying like yes you're going to continue doing this like self-love and healing work in a relationship like if you're in a place where you're like in shambles yes let's work on that first before going out into the world and trying to be dating and in yeah. shambles and, and <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? and by shambles I mean shambles and y'all know what I mean okay because right. like we're all kind of in slight shambles but we're not in full shambles and you know what I mean <laughs> we can, yeah I totally yeah. know what you mean yeah like when I broke up like with my ex like I was I was not in a place like to be in any form of relationship because I would have just jumped at any guy who was like let me love you right there comes a time when you're kind of like okay like I think I'm ready to like actually like know what I want, know what I deserve. I know that I'm worthy of having a really beautiful love. What I say with like being first, a lot of people postpone getting into a relationship and keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it because they're like, well, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not there yet. Right. You know, what it's I mean? like, where's there? You're right. Exactly. Right. Like <laughs> almost like there's like an end point to self-love where you're like, I fully love myself now. Here's the certificate. It's like, You are always doing this work. Like you can love yourself because I love myself, right? But there's always work to be done because as with any relationship, it is work and you're nurturing. Like you take yourself on dates. Like you talk to yourself nicely. Like there are times where I'm mean to myself and I have to work on speaking to myself in a kinder way. It doesn't mean that I don't deserve to be in a relationship right now. It just means that I'm working on speaking to myself kinder when I'm stressed. (laughs) That you love yourself enough to be like, um, you don't get to just grope me and kiss me and be the first one to, you know. Exactly. Sir, sir. Sir. (laughs) (laughs) I was so panicked. I was like, what is going on? No. The hard I was though. truly terrified. I was like, mm, we're not doing this. <laughs> you handled it like a pro though, if I do so. I that. said, I was like, you better back up before I start screaming. <laughs> like, we're not doing this. No, but yeah, I'm, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, we're all gone left, but we're constant we're works in progress because life is going to keep hitting us, right? There's going to be things that come up that maybe we need to heal from again. Maybe we need to find that self-love from us again. Maybe you know, we got to that peak of self-love and then like life happened, right? It's, it's just like, like you said, life is a journey. If we were already trying to get to that end destination, like what is life then? Right. You look, that is my favorite question ever to ask my <laughs> right. friends. Like truly, I, I ask it at least twice a week. Yeah. What is, I life? mean, it's true. Like, what is it? Like, why? like what, like what is happening? Where are we? Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like truly yeah. it is the question that I sometimes sit and ponder and then I get a headache because I'm thinking so hard. Like, I kid you not. <laughs> like, I'm just going like, to live with the fact that I'm a soul in a human body. Yeah. What doing. is that word? You know, that word is coming to my head. Pontificate. Oh my you know God. that word? It's like, I, I believe it's like you're sitting here thinking about something. Yeah. Like I will literally sit there. I'm pretty sure that's what the word means. Like, watch me wrong. I don't, I think I'm right. But like, I literally will sit there like, 
pontificate until I <laughs> that's the word that came to my head so I hope I'm right <laughs> I think it sounds good we're gonna follow it it sounds good it, it sounds like a car like Pontiac but you know we're gonna go we're gonna go with it but um but on the topic of self-love I would love to know what are some of your favorite ways to practice self-love while being single and yeah. also in a relationship yeah I mean you kind of touched on one of them because Uh, when I was single, it took me a really long time to do this. And so I really wanted to like put myself in these like uncomfortable positions for myself to kind of just be like, I can do this. Right. And I was taking myself out on dates because I used to have this huge fear of like eating alone or sitting alone, like that people were going to judge me and be like, well, like she doesn't have anybody. And I'm just like, I have myself, I have myself. So I used to challenge myself to do these things. And it honestly just felt really empowering. And then I started doing, going to like restaurants alone. I started like taking a book and really just enjoying my time. And then that evolved into me, even going to museums by myself. I was living in New York city and I was like, I just want to like go and learn. And I just like want to be Carrie Bradshaw and just like, Oh my gosh, a true (laughs) sex in the city moment. Here for it. (laughs) I know. Add some shopping in to complete the day. (laughs) All right, let's stop at Bergdorf's and spend an obscene amount of money on shoes because I deserve it, right? So those are the things that I used to love to do for myself when I was single. I would also (laughs) indulge in a lot of home projects um, that made me feel good about my environment because I wanted to feel good about where I spent a lot of my time and enjoy the fact that it was my space for right now. Because let me tell you, when I moved in with my husband, I didn't know that a man could be so into interior design. And it got oh my God. Really <laughs> that's like my fear. I'm like, I want to be able to do it all. Right. <laughs> as bad as that sounds, it's like, maybe he can have a room. Right. You like, know, okay. man He's like <laughs> I want to hang up all my hats. I was like, we're not doing Hanging that. up the hats. <laughs> Maybe in your room, not in the living room, <laughs> right? Like no. <laughs> so I really just like took advantage of that. I really wanted to make my environment something that felt really good to come home to. I like, you know, I printed out a bunch of photos. I created like this like heart photo wall because it was cool at the time, you know. But like, I just did the things that made me feel good with where I was staying because our environment says a lot about how we feel, how we act and how we show up. And then once I got into a relationship, I now love myself a bubble bath and some alone time. Like I really, really cherish being able to separate myself, light some candles, sit and just be with my thoughts, maybe listen to a meditation. Um, And I hope this isn't too rated R, but like self-pleasure needs to be a thing. Like it's become so taboo to like talk about it for some reason. I don't like, know why. I, have an I don't know fucking why. Like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> but I think that it needs to be talked about more because it's something where like, you know, like that's like time. Yes, I have a partner to of course have sex with when I want to, but it doesn't take away from me wanting to give my own love and, you know, explore my own body and do with the things that make me feel good. Because then I learn more about myself and then it shows up in my relationship, right? 
exactly share those things with him and honestly your girl loves her shows I just catch up on all my shows I watch SBU I watch all the 90 oh, day fiance <laughs> 90 day fiance is oh my god it's such a good show I love it and it never yes. ends because there's oh, so many spinoffs so, ma- so many did you see there's gonna be well I don't know if it's like already live it's like 90 day single or yes, something I watching the first wait season. is that has that started it's so it yes. started already Oh my god. Okay, so I'm clearly behind. Okay. All right. I'll catch up. And then you need to message me and be like, oh my God. I I absolutely will. (laughs) Like literally, I remember watching it with my mom. And then when I was in a relationship, like I remember getting my partner at the time into it. So he would like watch it with me too. And like he wasn't into reality shows, but like he got into it because it's just it's such a like random show that's hilarious. (laughs) Like pulls you in. Big Ed. Love him. Hilarious I, man. Truly. <laughs> I don't know if you follow like Elise Myers on TikTok, but like she does that whole mm-hmm. bit of her husband, like watching her shows and like hiding and being like, Oh, like, Oh, like really? She did that. Like that's literally like, he's into it. It's like, come exactly. sit on the couch with me. Get cozy with me. Like let's get some popcorn. Let's watch together. Right. Let's talk about it. Literally, so, yes. You know, that's what I do to just show up for myself. And honestly, the main thing in a relationship when it comes to self-love is making the time to do so because it's really hard to do that. So it's like, you kind of have to go above and beyond to make sure that you're choosing yourself first. Um, and then that feels damn good after I swear. <laughs> it's worth yeah. It. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh my gosh. I love that. Especially just kind of like how, a lot of the things that you did before it's like yes you could do them now but they sort of transitioned into different activities that still make you feel relaxed and like still like to spend time with yourself but in a new season which I think is really cool so oh my gosh I've loved this conversation it's been so juicy filled with a ton of gems I want to thank you so much for coming on and in order or not in order why am I saying in order to but I'm like look at me a a judge (laughs) going on but let us wrap up this episode so I want to ask you to let our listeners know where to find you how to work with you all the things of course if you mention any links I'll have them down in the show notes so that people can go click them if they don't hear the links properly because I know sometimes it's like when people like say a link you're like wait what was that it's in the show notes so obviously you can find me on Instagram. My handle is the relationship boss. You can find me there. Same handle on Facebook as well. And currently I am launching a relationship course literally for you and your partner to do together. So if you are in a long-term relationship, this is literally like the holy freaking grail of diving into intimacy, communication, making sure you're keeping track of your individuality, right? And it's it's literally covering everything as well as having access to me one-on-one if you'd like to. So currently doing that, which I'm very, very excited about. It's Relationship Boss Bootcamp. So I'm going to put y'all to fucking work. Um, and then you can just find ways to work with me one-on-one, whether it's couples coaching. I also do self-love coaching one-on-one as well. You can find all of that on my website at therelationshipboss.com. I love it. Simple, like clean handles all across the board. Yes. But again, they will be in the show notes. If you missed anything, you just want to go click the link versus typing it in. I'll have it there. So again, Christina, this was an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me and to give us a little bit of tea on how to attract better partners and how to also be better partners if we're in relationships currently. Of course. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.